What's up, everyone? This is a Major Motion Podcast, episode 25. We are officially at the quarter century mark. Any uh, notable people? Anything notable about 25? Is that? No. I don't even know. Is that what's funnier than 24? Or is 24 <laughs> funnier than 23? Did I miss my shot? Oh, you might have. Wait, is, is it 25 or 23? <laughs> you know, what's funnier than 24? Right now. Fuck, what is it? It sounds like it'd be. I mean, I feel like it's 25, but it sounds like it'd be. No, 23. it might be 26. What's funnier than 25? Oh, 26. Huh. Well, I just fucked the opening to this. <laughs> but quarter century mark. I guess that works. 25th episode. We are reviewing Kingsman today. The Kingsman. The latest in the Kingsman franchise. It's not necessarily a trilogy, sort of a prequel, but not really. We'll talk about it um, later on. But it's been a little bit since we recorded. Uh, you know, last time we, we talked, you know, we were reviewing Matrix. I had a shit ton of questions. Fox, you were battling COVID. Uh, yeah. And thankfully, you're all, all right now. You went and saw Usher. So I feel like he helped you get through. Uh, you know the COVID because he's very good at uh, defeating diseases that you <laughs> one may contract and whatnot. Uh, but I, I apologize; I didn't even intro you properly. Joining me as always is the man, Fox Film Fanatic. You can follow him on Twitter at Fox Film Fanatic. Uh, how you doing? It's been a little bit. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing pretty good. This time I I, I had another COVID test, and I wanted to make sure that I was officially free of the of, of the of the Rona. So it came back negative. So that's that's good, you know, because I heard it can last up to the third, what, 90 days. You can you can still be in your in your system for 90 days and still test positive, even though if you're not contagious. So luckily for me, I tested negative. So on the uphill. Yeah, from here. I'm be honest. I have no clue. Like I, I just if I test negative, I, I treat myself as good. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's basically did, does this little pregnancy test tell me I'm good? I'm good. Then let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, is this two lines or one line? What is it? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um I had a question for you about oh, did uh so I saw you you made eye contact with Usher. Is he coming <laughs> on the pod? Yes. Is he yeah, you know, I tried to. I was you know what's even funnier? I saw so he performed, I saw him perform. Then I mm-hmm. went to see Bruno, like the Bruno Mars the next day. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's up. right. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I people, I, there's no proof. So <laughs> saw Bruno Mars. He was, and you get there, they lock your phones up. I'm like, ain't this a bitch? <laughs> I get the sentiment though, but it's like, I mean, you're paying. I, I can only imagine how much to even go there before the yeah. concerts, before your hotel, whatever. I'm going to need a fucking memory <laughs> of this experience. Exactly. Not the time, Bruno. Yeah. Like what the fuck? It's a, we in the middle of a pandemic. We want to remember shit. You know, <laughs> what is here today could be gone tomorrow. So, so yeah, I have no proof. So anybody, so I tell everybody, it'd be like, Oh, you got pictures. You got photo video. I'm like, uh, I got this t-shirt. They're like, Oh, you must've got that from Etsy. <laughs> so they're not going to believe me. <laughs> they're not going to believe me. I just got a fucking t-shirt from the show. Not a single picture. But as I was saying, Usher actually showed up at Bruno Mars' show. And I saw and I saw his family. Like we're sitting, we're kind of on the floor. So we're 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 in we're in a good position to see Bruno. So his family walks through the aisle and we're like six feet away from them. So they're walking to their seats. 
then Usher shows up in the middle of the show. Then Usher has to, you know, he sits in the audience, back in the audience, watches the rest of the show, but then he leaves before it ends. And so he mm-hmm. walks through the crowd. It's all dark and shit. They kind of don't, you know, he's trying to leave all sneakily and shit, but he leaves and we're, we're six feet away. And he, he looks at me again with the glass, with, but he has sunglasses on. I'm like, Usher, Usher. I've got his, I got my hand out. I'm trying to give him COVID. <laughs> but he, Who's he's that just chick yelling at me? <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's just clapping and staring and smiling or whatever. I'm like, damn, I almost almost shook his hand and or whatever. But that was the perfect moment for me to ask him to uh, to come to the show. But I I, I couldn't do it because, you know, he was on his way out. But, uh, you know, if I might I might see him again, though. You never know. <laughs> and I'll, I'll be sh- I'll be sure to ask him, say, hey, come on to the Major Motion podcast. He'd be like, what's that? <laughs> be like, I'm gonna find out. Hey, you never yeah, heard of us? Uh, we just got a fucking screener. How you like us now? <laughs> They like exactly. it's Yeah, we've seen movies weeks before they come out, bitch. Exactly. <laughs> Suck it, bitch. Uh, that was not a joke, by the way, for anyone listening. Uh, we actually did get screeners. So we are legitimate. So thank you. I I feel like I have to give some sort of like acceptance speech right now. Just like, yeah, I like know. to thank the Academy. But in reality, uh, oh, no, it's not fuck the Academy, although maybe slightly fuck the Academy. I'm thinking I was thinking the Grammys. Fuck the Grammys. Shout out oh, my boy, yeah. Jay Cole. Uh, yeah. Fuck the Grammys. <laughs> I guess semi fuck the Academy, too. Oh, I mean, like, it's a depends. lot of war shows to fuck. <laughs> yeah. We'll see what happens with Will Smith and King Richard. Maybe, yeah. you know, they get back in our good graces a little bit, but. Uh, yeah, we did get screeners, so we will be seeing. Uh, I feel like we're allowed to say what movie it is, right? I don't know the rules. I've never saw a screener before. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. This is kind of I feel a little too official. We don't know how to act. <laughs> I, 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 I think, think we can say I, the movie. We should yeah. be able to say the movie. We haven't seen it yet. We don't. So I mean, we'll be, we, have, we have a screener for Moonfall uh, in a couple weeks. So it comes out like February fourth. We'll be seeing it like a week prior to that. So I don't know how the hell. You know, you give two idiots a screener and expect them to keep their mouth shut. But hey, yeah. we'll, we'll do our best. I'm pretty sure we'll our try. review of the movie will come out before the movie uh, releases. <laughs> so, hey, it might be our one and only screener, but uh, we're going to pull a variety and break some news here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wonder if we can tweet about it like right after we watch it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure if we just do non-spoiler, we'll, we'll have to do a non-spoiler section for Moonfall. Oh, I hope yeah, it's good. Sure. Because it would be yeah, really too. shitty to get a, a screener to a bad movie. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. Yeah, it would that would suck. Yeah, but today the Kingsman, uh, Kings. I keep wanting to say Kingsman, but it's Kingsman. I yeah. have to be proper. Yeah. Uh, next week, Scream. Uh, the following week, I believe we have an opening. So I don't know if we're necessarily going to do. Uh, Something that might be up for an award, whether it be best picture, or best actor nominee or something like that, or if we just want to do something, you know, that's streaming or whatever, but that that's an open slot for us to play around with. And then it's Moonfall. So that's kind of the next couple of weeks uh, going on. Um, what else is going on? You, you've been watching any shows recently? Any, yeah, any new big, movies? Big- the biggest show I'm into is Abbott Elementary. I feel like everybody should check that show out. It comes on ABC Tuesdays. It's a really and good show, though. The you can watch ABC it on Hulu has, has that. Yeah, I was gonna say ABC has that deal with Hulu where you can watch it like next day, right? Yeah, yeah, next day. I think it. I think it premieres like at five. The shows come on at like five a.m. Eastern time or something like that. <laughs> I love that. Like Hulu is not the most user friendly. 
but just right. being able to always like stay pretty relevant because obviously you know when not to fucking sound like boomers here but when you and i were growing up it was like you had to sit down in front of the tv at a certain time if you wanted to watch your shows and then if you missed it for whatever reason you check the channel like tv guide for like a week ahead and you just pray that last week's episode (laughs) that you missed played right before the next the new episode and so it's like nowadays that's just never going to happen anymore no one's going to sit down at the exact same time like even with like I, i think hbo is really the only one that still does it with you know their big time shows like euphoria's i was the big one they did it with game of thrones like sundays at nine or ten or whatever it is yeah but generally it's like no one's really doing that anymore but enter in hulu even though they aren't the greatest at like original content and stuff like that having those partnership deals with the you know the big cable networks like so clutch just so clutch and that's yeah. why i'll never get rid of hulu it's like that's kind of my streaming platform to kind of kind of stay up to date almost. Yeah, pretty I much. Like yeah. And I hope it stays that way. Cause you know, there's a lot of what's it called cable companies that have their shows and content on, on Hulu. And I'm just hoping that they're not trying to deviate and make their own. I mean, they already got their own streaming service services, but I just hope content can still show up on Hulu and they don't try to uh, make their own shit and keep their own content singular. I mean, I, I don't know what the fuck's going on with Hulu. Like Hulu's yeah. interface is probably the worst of the bunch. Uh, although, like Paramount Plus is pretty bad too. Prime Video is pretty is bad, bad too. I mean, well, on the is I don't know how it is on TV, but on the app, it seemed pretty just simple. Well, okay, so I guess my Paramount Plus, I got my Paramount Plus through, through Prime, so like the interface oh, okay. is all the same. So it's like hard to differentiate. Like if I s- try to search something on Paramount Plus, it searches through Prime Video. So like I was trying oh, okay. to search a movie that I thought was going to be on Paramount Plus, and a po- oh, I was trying to look up Jackass. Um, oh, okay. Uh, to watch all the the Jackass movies. Um, so like I was trying to search Paramount Plus, and it popped up. It was like fuck yeah, like let's go. Click to like click on it to watch it, and it's like oh rent for two ninety nine. I was like what the fuck? Like I'm yeah, not yeah. I'm not trying to look through <laughs> yeah. Prime right now. So yeah. maybe that's like me shooting myself in the foot. Uh, you know my own doing. Do- uh, but you're you're looking. What do you use? To, what do you watch Prime on? You have like Roku, Fire TV, or something. Yeah. So uh, timely of you to bring this up. So yeah. So when we moved into our new house, like this was right around the start of the pandemic. Like you know, we're in a legitimate house now. So my wife and I were getting TVs just because we we had like two between us. So you know, I got my big one for the basement, and we got a new one for the living room, was slightly bigger. Uh, yeah, so we yeah. could see from farther away and you know all that shit but i was like oh we're we have you know all these streaming platforms now and like i have my playstation we had a, a fire stick and it's like why not just get a fire tv right because like it's mm-hmm. effectively a fire stick they're pretty cost effective and and they also have like all the apps like the you yeah. know it has the mtv app and the tlc app and and like the the stuff that my wife watches and it has all the you know sunday ticket for me and like whatever so we got one for the living room i have one in my office and all the stuff these motherfuckers are a piece of shit (laughs) like they're (laughs) terrible like i haven't even had the one in my office for a year and like the home screen doesn't load so if you turn it on it's just like grayed out and you have to use the voice command to figure out what you're clicking or like where to go 
So if I want to go to Netflix, I'll be like, oh, open Netflix because I can't see the screen. And I don't know if there's a way to reboot it, but I wouldn't be able to fucking get there because I can't see the fucking logos. So uh, I don't even remember what your original question was. Oh, Prime. I was asking if you I was asking if you had if you if you were watching the, the, you know, Paramount and, and Prime through Roku or Fire. Yeah, so I, I use my Fire TV because that's our okay. one in the living room and the one in the office. That's generally where I watch TV the most. Okay, I just have the Fire Stick, the but it's the 4K Fire Stick, so it's just like a big, like a square dongle that you plug into the back of the TV. It's not the Fire TV. That's like a is it the one you're talking about? Is that a cube or something? No, no, I have the legitimate TV. That's oh, okay. The uh, Insignia Fire TV. I couldn't think of the okay, brand. Okay, okay. I got yeah. you. All right. So I, yeah, yeah, I don't I know. The, the I know USB. they have the cubes because it looks like the, the Apple TV cube thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess from now on, we'll just get the TV we like and then get a Fire Stick. I was trying yeah, to like save be. myself HDMI ports or some shit, but... True. <laughs> really played myself, I guess. Yeah, I think they're probably more effective just using the uh, a USB or the fire tv itself yeah oh you live and you learn live and you learn yeah uh, speaking of shows though i mean i don't think we've ever talked about the show on the pod and i feel like we need to because we're trying to you know expand our audience and this show has you know a very uh, loyal following let's get mm. into some bachelor talk you can get some bachelor oh. talk <laughs> Sure. <laughs> really, I just wanted to talk about one thing. Did you see what he was wearing the other night? A fucking hoodie and then a, like a blazer. <laughs> Did you see oh, that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I saw that right away and I was like, what the fuck is he wearing? What the fuck is he wearing? <laughs> and then I saw the, the reason I honestly brought it up because I was scrolling t- TikTok and uh, David Spade. <laughs> like because he, he hosted uh bachelor a, in paradise or whatever yeah and uh fan. yeah he's a fan <laughs> and uh he, he he like showed the tv he's like oh look at glare danes right there and there's because <laughs> it was just this one chick who just like has dead eyes and then uh <laughs> he was like look at this guy i'm just gonna throw on my best hoodie and then put a coat on top of it <laughs> i'm just like dying laughing <laughs> like oh, oh, i love david spade <laughs> love david spade well, so we was got this a, you said this was this a tiktok yeah yeah it was his it was on his tiktok it was pretty oh, funny shit, i gotta watch i gotta follow him then. but we also got a nice little hillary duff sighting too and uh yeah i know you i know you like your hillary yes. duff yeah cadet kelly <laughs> you gonna uh watch uh how i met your father yeah and i will yeah i don't i haven't seen how i met your mother but yeah i'm willing to it's, meet her father it's ironic because i i had already started watching how i met your mother because like i i like having background noise uh you know when i'm working or doing shit so yeah. typically i throw on shows like i was always the office or you know new girl was in the rotation there for a while and mm-hmm. you know the shows i've seen a million times that i don't need to like actively watch um, so I was like, I'll throw on How I Met Your Mother. I loved How I Met Your Mother. It used to be my favorite show, but the ending just completely soured me on it. But it was like, it's been a long time since I've seen it, so I've been throwing it on. So, you know, got through like the third season, and then I was like, oh shit, How I Met Your Father's coming out. And then also, you know, timely, uh, rest in peace, Bob Saget. Uh, that was honestly <laughs> the worst news ever. 
And yeah, uh, I was going to ask, was he in that show? Because I've never seen it, but I felt he was on that show. So he does the voiceover narration. Like oh, so the, okay. the premise of the show is like it's a dad telling his kids how he met their mother. So he he's like dad in the future, or I guess present day. And then the show okay. takes place in or what? No, the he's the dad in the future. And then the show is in present day or whatever. So he does the voiceover. Gotcha. And I felt like he I knew he was like involved, but I just never knew if he was if he showed up or something like that. Yeah, no, he never showed up. And I don't even know why they did a different voice. But I mean, it works because it's Bob Saget and like you recognize his voice and whatnot. But yeah, so that was just like, oh, fuck, like I I guess I start rewatching at the right time. But it's just like, God damn, like all of a sudden there's a new show and like one of the main guys, you know, passes away fucking full house and fucking love that was my show growing up and i, oh, I know yeah. everyone's kind of just saying that but like for me that was like legitimately my show i fucking loved that show so yeah, it just same here fucking sucked and i don't think we got a read well there's not like a cause of death yet right yeah there was a, i don't think they they said anything yet i think there might they might be doing the autopsy right now so it might take a minute we lost a lot uh, of people since we talked last we lost uh I think Jean-Marc Vallée, uh, mm-hmm. he passed. Betty White, obviously. Sydney, yeah. um, how do you say his last name? Poitier. Poitier. Yeah, lost him. Like, yeah. all of a sudden, within like the span of two weeks, like, stop. Fucking yeah. stop. <laughs> like, this That's is ridiculous. not This is not cool. Um, so, yeah, Bob, man, Bob was only 65, so... He was he was fucking doing comedy tours. Like, he literally just tweeted. And that's what, obviously, yeah. everyone goes to now. It's like, yeah, uh, when Betty White died, you know, she her last tweet was like something about celebrating her hundredth birthday, and then obviously Bob Saget. It was like, oh, he literally just tweeted last night. It was just, it, yeah. but it also kind of makes it a little bit more surreal. Like, fuck, like they were literally just with us, and now they're not. To you know, get deep there for a second, but yeah, it's fucking insane. Sucks. It does suck, man. I didn't want to get so somber so early on. <laughs> Been a little no, but bit. speaking of Bob Saget, though, have you heard of the movie Farce of the Penguins? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. So do you remember the Disney the narrate, uh, narrated film March of the Penguins? Yes. So that's basically what it is, but it's rated R. <laughs> and, it, and it's Bob Saget. Oh. And I think Samuel Jackson is in, does a voice of it. Does, he, he either does the narration. I think he does the narration because Morgan Freeman did March of the Penguins. So it would make sense for Samuel Jackson to narrate. <laughs> But yeah, it's Bob Saget, and it's just a whole bunch of cussing and hilarious, you know, crude humor. <laughs> God, that's G- I, I, his sense of humor. The, the dude just had a range. Like he could literally he play the buttoned-up father figure, and then he could, you know, tell the raunchiest, most funny joke ever. <laughs> yeah, you can watch oh, this on man. YouTube for free, by the way. Far <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> oh man! All right, let's get into TNT shift this ship into you know our movie talk and and review and we're going to be ranking our top five most anticipated movies for 2022 as well so lots to get into today start off with my trailer for tnt i'm gonna talk about death on the nile um i might have mentioned this movie before but the i guess i don't know if it was official trailer or second trailer i think it was the official trailer Came out. This is not necessarily a sequel, but it's Kenneth Branagh. 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 I don't know how you say his last name. 
Brenna. You knew it. But this is his kind of like, I don't want to say passion project, but his kind of, what what's the word I'm looking for? It's his project. He he did uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Now he's doing Death on the Nile. It's these whodunits with this ensemble cast. And, uh, you know, I like them. I like whodunits. I think I've said that on the show. Knives Out, one yeah. of my favorite movies. Um, what, what was the movie reviewed that was kind of a whodunit? Uh, just feeling like... Yeah, I feel like my brain's not. You mentioned I know you mentioned this movie recently too, so I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, you made a connection. What was? Yeah, I don't even fucking know. We see so much. <laughs> see so much I don't know. Shit. We reviewed a move, movie recently where I was like, yeah, this is kind of like a who done it, but that I, you know, it's not that important. I just bring it up to you know emphasize the fact that I like who done it. This is uh, while on vacation on the Nile, Hercule Poirot, one of the most obnoxious names ever. Must investigate the murder of a young heiress. Uh, it's starring Kenneth Branagh. He's directing and starring uh, Gal Gadot, Tom Bateman, Emma Mackey, Rose Leslie, Army Hammer, uh, Letitia Wright, Annette Benning, on and on and on. Russell Brand as well. Um, yeah, not too much to say about this. Like, I know this probably won't be some people's cup of tea. And to be honest, like, Murder on the Orient Express wasn't all that great, but I like, again, I like the kind of sifting through facts yeah. and stories to, to get to the end. And this is like the type of movie where, you know, there's going to be a big twist or big reveal. And like, I like that. Like I, I like yeah. having a definitive resolution. Sometimes uh, I'm okay with some movies ending ambiguously, but if I don't mm. see it coming, especially if I don't see it coming, I get pissed off. So it's nice to have the inverse of that, where it's like, I know this movie's going to have some sort of, you know, finite resolution or final resolution. Yeah. So like that, that's kind of, you know, my draw to these types of movies. It's like, I know there's going to be, it's all going to be storytelling, right? It's all going to be, oh, this is her background. This is his background. Well, she was here. This, like these two know each other. And they said they didn't like, I like sorting through all of that to figure out what the fuck happened. And you know, we get that all in one movie, which again is rare nowadays. Because normally, if you can draw things out into two or three movies and people remain interested, that's typically the way uh, you know studios and directors opt to go nowadays. So it's like this is kind of just you know packaging everything I like into one nice neat package. Two hours, seven minutes. Here you go. I'm I'm cool with that. So uh, I'm pretty excited for this. I'll watch it, and I think we'll probably end up reviewing it as well. Yeah, it's. I, I definitely like I'm on the same page as you. I like movies that kind of go through a whole process of figuring out who did what, why they did it, how they did it. And, and you come to this big reveal, big twist, big conclusion. You're like, oh, shit. It just I don't know. It's like the journey and the process of it. It's just it's satisfying, and especially when it has a satisfying ending. It makes it makes for a better a better viewing experience because some movies, like you said, you know, you're not too sure or it just pisses you off you know but this movie and i hopefully it'll continue with this one that it'll have a pretty interesting and satisfying ending plus they have a cannibal in this so it's like oh, how yeah. many movies can you really say have yeah. a true real cannibal cast in <laughs> yeah. it i mean not many so no yeah no not yeah anthony hopkins is not in this it's <laughs> army hammer <laughs> 
How did those rumors start? Are they rumors? Uh, uh, Is it legit? Like, I, I don't I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. I know there has been some like actual accusation from a woman. So and I think that's probably where it came from. Then it wouldn't be just a rumor. But I don't know what I can't remember exactly what she's saying he did. Or I think there might have been another girl that came out and said something else, too. But I don't really, really know what the what the details are. But apparently so it like, seems something uh, something along the lines of cannibalism. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's something you want to sort out before you ever cast him again. Yeah, uh, you know that maybe that's just me, but like that seems like pretty serious allegations to just like kind of sweep under the rug and not talk about again. I don't know. Maybe there is a resolution. I just didn't see it. But yeah, there was the 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 rumors or you know the reports when it did break, like they they were pretty loud. So I just haven't heard yeah. anything since. I mean, they dropped him. They, his agency dropped him. Everybody dropped him. You know, so. I don't know How what he's doing now. Is he but... in this movie? <laughs> so that's the thing. Like this movie is already finished and they had it done and they pushed it back. And I was like, how are they going to market this film? So you notice they haven't marked, they've marketed this film in the trailer. It's like, you barely see him. They just show, show glimpses of him. So they're trying their best to keep him out of the spotlight, but it, hopefully maybe he doesn't have that much of an integral role in the movie. So, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's like the Ansel Elgort situation, right. you know, but I think his, the... I think army, army is worse. <laughs> Oh, just, uh, yeah, I guess probably. <laughs> um, it would be quite unfortunate if he did end up being, if his character ended up being the killer and <laughs> be like, Ooh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the person they hide the most usually has the, has the worst. They've done the worst shit. Right. It's like, I fuck before I even see the movie, I can tell you he's the killer right there. <laughs> I'm like, that's the guy. Go get him. <laughs> <laughs> he's right there <laughs> do you read the news <laughs> like, yeah. did they not get the news in Egypt like what are we doing <laughs> oh god what do you got yeah I got the uh, the, the trailer since we talked about shows earlier in this, in this episode I'm bringing up the Bel Air trailer which is for those of you who don't know is the reimagining I'll call it of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air where they take a new direction or a new approach in a dramatic in a dramatic fashion and there's a couple of what well, I, pro- I probably would say most of these um actors in this in this show are fairly lesser known I mean there's one actress who's been on Disney I think Disney or Coco Jones she's in this she play, plays Hillary Banks but yeah this is a whole different direction for the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I know people who didn't really, who weren't aware of it probably were expecting a comedic route, but I like the dramatic, dramatic route they're going. And I think, I think it looks decent. I think it looks better than I was expecting. Um, Hopefully Will, Will, uh, Will Smith had a lot of input in the, in the, in the story and, and direction aspect, considering his executive producer, and hopefully he's not just supplying the money, but maybe he has his own ideas he puts into the show, and hopefully that helps. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it looks pretty good. I like the fact that Jeffrey is like Jamaican, so I didn't know I needed a Jamaican Jeffrey until now. Yeah, I like that too. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, that's pretty dope. But yeah, I know people are comparing it to Power, or um, yeah, to the, the the TV show Power on Stars and whatnot. But I'm like, well. It could, I could see that, you know, I haven't seen the show, but people have pointed out similarities and things like that. And I've, I see the connection, but hopefully since this is more of a, uh, even though it's dramatic, 
the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air story still has like an uplifting spirit. And I still hope they have that uh, that spirit of that show, the uplifting spirit of the, the original series. So hopefully it won't be too much like Power where it's all crime and gritty and, you know, aggressive. But hopefully they have the lightheartedness, lightheartedness still attached to it. But I think it doesn't look terrible. I'll say that. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a message beyond the comedy, right? Like even for the original, mm-hmm. like they're they're talking about like real life shit and you know yeah. using humor to obviously keep you engaged but uh to you know as sort of like a defense mechanism or coping mechanism like his you know mom literally sent him away like why doesn't he want me man like like all of that real life yeah shit. so it's like now you're kind of just pulling back the curtains a little bit more right. and I, w- I, w- I would very much assume will is very involved in this um, but you said there's no comedy. Like, I, I don't necessarily think that's true because uh, we got Uncle Phil uh, joining a flash mob. At the end of the <laughs> that shit pissed me off, man. I almost threw my fucking phone. Oh, man. I said, what? What the, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, man. So I hadn't watched the trailer first until I saw your tweet. And I could just tell by the tone of your tweet, you were you were pissed. Like you didn't like like bury the guy, like you know, not excessively. You weren't like cursing him out or calling him an idiot. Yeah. Like, I mean, you were, but you weren't. Uh, so I saw the tweet. I was like, oh boy, like what's the, what's this guy talking about? So I, I was like watching it, watching, watching, watching. It. I was like, all right, what the you know, where's this scene? And then I saw it, and I bursted out laughing. <laughs> I was like, how does anyone think that's a flash mob? But like, I guess to the uncultured, I mean, yeah, maybe, exactly. but like that, like I knew what it was, but it, you know, I, I, I've seen it before. So it's like, I'm not, you know, I, I know, but like, I just, oh God, it was so funny. <laughs> I was, cause I, I know you were legitimately angry. And I think you have a right to be, cause that's just one of the <laughs> yeah. most absurd things ever. Oh man. Oh. I was like, so I'm, I'm like, I felt like what Mr. Potato Head in Toy Story, you uncultured swine, like that shit. <laughs> Like that, yeah, that just really irritated me. For those who don't know, it was a scene where Uncle Phil was doing, you know, uh, was stepping in a fraternity. And then some some older, I'm assuming, white guy looked, based on his profile, he was just a white guy. But he said, <laughs> he said, when did Uncle Phil join a flash mob or some shit like that? I was like, what the oh. fuck is that? <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. God. Yeah. Uh, but with, with the show itself, like, it is an interesting take, like, on even on this show like the shows like our show it's not that old but we've talked about uh plenty of times how if you're gonna do something that's a sequel or a spinoff or reimagining whatever the fuck you want to call it like switch it up do something different right Right. we've been asking for that and we're not the only ones either i'm not trying to say like we're breaking ground over here but like you know do something different do something new do something fresh no pun intended um and, and all the stuff so when we finally get it, it it wouldn't make sense to be pissed at it granted like yeah. th- there are bad ideas out there and you know stuff that shouldn't be done to like ip that is very beloved and whatnot like i i, I get that but like this right this is a fresh take again no pun intended yeah. like, this is a a new look on a, a series that is very beloved like and still holds up right like you can watch it yeah. now 20 30 years later whenever it first aired and it still holds up and like the messages that i was talking about earlier they're still relevant and some of them are unfortunately so relevant like today yeah. so it's like you can still watch it but this you know they are completely 
you know, switching it up and doing something different. And I agree. Like, I hope it's not quite like power. I do want it to be kind of the wholesomeness yeah. of, of the original one. I do want that to remain because that can, uh, you know, that goes beyond genres, right? Like that can uh, be present in, you know, any movie, any style of movie or show or whatever. So I hope that that is still there and it's not all crime drama or whatever, yeah, but I do like exactly. the direction they're going at. You know, the first thing I noticed was uh, Jeffrey, the Butler I was like, okay, yeah, that yeah. I feel like they nailed that casting. I was basically looking <laughs> yeah. at castings, right. Or like yeah. just seeing them on screen and getting the vibe was like, Oh, they nailed that. They nailed that. I'm okay with that. The direction with Carlton seems to make a little bit more sense. Like he's a rich, it makes sense. Yeah, he's yeah. a rich kid <laughs> living in fucking. They're yeah, they're still in California, right? I'm not. Yeah, I think so. Oh well, yeah, yeah fuck, it's called Bel Air. So <laughs> yeah, it should be. Um, but like, he's a rich kid in California, and he literally they're like on the cross field or something. I can't remember mm-hmm. the line he gives. He's like, "Oh yeah, you know, this is my school." He like says something along the lines, like that makes right. sense to me. Like, you no, know, Carlton being a kind of nerd in the original one made mm-hmm. sense for like the comedic aspect of it like he never really fit in even though he's lived there his entire yeah. life and will's like instantly more popular than him and all that stuff but this time like this reimagining of the carlton character makes sense yeah <laughs> and then my racist ass thinks uh tay diggs is uncle <laughs> phil <laughs> is that tay diggs <laughs> I'm an asshole. I'm an asshole. But like, he, they looked similar. But like, I knew it wasn't Tay Diggs' time, at least. <laughs> yeah, I think you definitely need to see like Malibu's Most Haunted to really get a sense of Tay Diggs again. God, I started watching what's that show he's in? All American or something? All American. Yeah, that's right. I started watching that. And, oh, that's what well, they that, said. This, this another connection too. Yeah, that, well, that's what I got vibes of because like it's kind of bringing in. Uh, a kid that was not like an outcast but an outsider or whatever and, and so maybe that's why i made the tay diggs connection but i, I was like <laughs> fuck that looks like tay diggs <laughs> oh god i'm the worst i'm so white i hate myself all right moving on hey, don't worry i used to i used to confuse matt damon and mark Wahlberg, but that was as a kid though <laughs> I was like, oh, I can't wait to see Jason Bourne with uh, with Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, then we became friends with Matt Damon, and that's all good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, my bit of news is uh, not that I, I, we need to talk about it anymore, because at this point we're just ready to see the movie. But it is relevant because it was supposed to be out already. Morbius has been delayed, uh, I believe, till April. Uh yeah, I think it's April 1st or something like that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, some, but it, it's the seventh time it's been delayed. So it's like people are starting to, to ask, <laughs> you know, what, what's going on with this movie? And it's a fair question. It is Sony after all. Um, my take on it is like you have the pandemic, right? It, it's, you know, probably never been worse than it is yeah. right now, um, even with vaccine and all that stuff so you know you have that you had the holidays so people probably still aren't going out to the movies and you're fighting spider-man so if people are going out to the movies they're going to see spider-man so it's like we, we talked about this before you know in the fall january is notoriously a dead month so when we were seeing all these movies line up for january slots we're like uh okay because i don't know if anyone remembers but um uh, 
Venom Let There Be Carnage initially delayed to January and then it reclaimed its spot in October. You know, granted that movie probably should have been delayed and worked on a little bit more before release. But um, yeah, I feel like Morbius is just, they're kind of looking at the landscape. They're like, yeah, we can push it back and not really sacrifice too much of the movie. The other rumor is, and this is obviously the, the popular talk, is that Andrew Garfield has, this is rumors, it has not been confirmed yet, or at least not by any reputable source. Andrew Garfield is back as, you know, his version of Spider-Man. And now we have established multiple universes. Uh, in the Morbius trailer, you see in the background, you see what looks like Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man on like a wall uh, with spray painted murderer on it. So it's like you have all these different, um, you know, timelines and multiverses that can kind of cross over seamlessly at this point. So it's like, I I feel like as uh, fans, even casual fans would probably be able to follow it, you know, without too much confusion. So I'm curious to see what route they go, because I, I think it makes sense to bring Andrew Garfield back on multiple levels not only because he's my favorite Spider-Man, but, you know, Sony doing their own thing that frees up Tom Holland and the MCU to do their own thing with obviously their long running storyline. But also, you know, for Tom Holland, he doesn't have to be Spider-Man every goddamn day. Right. He, <laughs> he it frees him up to do other stuff. And it also frees Andrew Garfield to, you know, do other stuff, too. He doesn't have to commit mm-hmm. to every single MCU movie either or like a 10 film over 15 year commitment. Like he doesn't have to do that. I mean, shit, the, the guy might win best actor like coming up, like he he's, you know, should right. be allowed to do other things. So I think it just makes a, a ton of sense to bring him back. I don't know that that's where it's going. You know, you heard Jared Leto come out in promotion for Morbius saying, you know, things could get sinister, which is very clearly a pun and directed at the sinister six. And he was talking about, um, you know, that the multiverse is present. And he was talking about Spider-Man No Way Home. So there could be a connection, but all that's just to say it's been delayed again. We'll see it when it comes out, but who knows when it's going to come out at this point. It is Sony, so take everything with a grain of salt. They don't really have the best direction on most of their projects, but that's the latest news. So it'll be a little bit before our next uh, superhero movie, but we get a little bit of a superhero detox. So maybe that's all right. That's true. Well, for me, I was going to mention Doctor Strange and the fact that they uh, just wrapped reshoots January 8th for Mm -hmm. Multiverse of Madness. But I decided since it's more relevant or more current, I should say, uh, Red Notice is getting two sequels. (laughs) Hell yeah, baby. (laughs) It's exactly what I needed. (laughs) Ah, two sequels. Uh, one would be okay, but two? Where are you guys? What are you guys doing? I don't, I don't know if I can handle two sequels. They barely. Let's be honest, I don't feel it like we're a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know. I just think it's interesting that Netflix. They must have some. I mean, I'm sure they they always claimed it was when the first when the when Red Notice came out that it was like the most watched or whatever it was. Right, most watched, most streamed, most viewed, most yeah, uh, downloaded, like, best movie slash most most viewed, most <laughs> yeah. best movie of all time. Exactly, and I'm like, where is the proof? But uh, obviously, they don't want to give us that. But clearly, I guess 
they had enough proof to green light two fucking sequels. Well, you um, can't handle even... the proof. <laughs> yeah. Like what I, I did like there. That. Yeah, I did. That was a good one. <laughs> I like that. Uh, but yeah, two sequels. I don't know. I don't. I mean, it would have to be outlandish sequels because the first one was pretty crazy. But you think he's gonna wear an, 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 uh, another beige shirt where he looks like he's in a jungle again? Yeah, it's this thing now. <laughs> I, this I, thing. I, this is like me being a hundred percent serious. I yeah. feel like The Rock is very aware of the public <laughs> perception on himself. I'm serious. Like I, I, I think uh, yeah. he's very aware, and he knows if he wears a goddamn beige shirt in the jungle <laughs> and has like some dirt and sweat, even though he just got to the jungle, like. I feel like if, if he does any movie and does that, he knows it's going viral. That only helps his, you know, uh, public perception only helps the movie. Yeah. So I, I, I feel like he's, you know, genuinely very aware uh, of everything going on. And he uses that to his advantage as any smart businessman, uh, yeah. you know, like Dwayne, the rock Johnson Wood, my future president, um, you know, <laughs> go drink Zoa and Terramana tequila and, uh by project rock I, I don't know his other business venture watch young rock on nbc and peacock like <laughs> you know the dude does it all he's very aware yeah. and I, I guess he's going to be doing two uh red notice sequels yeah i do think he is he, you might be right about that he probably is very aware he seems like especially as you said he's a businessman <clears throat> a businessman so you kind of need that you need that awareness and it would make sense for him to put that shit in his fucking movies and be like, hey, here's an inside joke that I know will be profitable. <laughs> I just, I hope they, I hope they fucking recast Gal Gadot. Like, yeah, I was gonna say that. I was like, hopefully they add, you know, more interesting people. <laughs> yeah, at least because the the thing with the Rock and Ryan Reynolds, right? You mm-hmm. need those counterparts. Like, you really, really need those counterparts like if you think of the rock's best roles i mean typically i think most people will go to like fast five well obviously you have paul walker and vin diesel being his direct adversaries there and then you know trying to think what else he's like even in ballers i thought ballers was a really good show um you know you have uh rob chowdry or however you say his last name who's just that comedic relief to the more serious, like you, you have that and you would think the rock and Ryan Reynolds would do that for each other. But if you look at Ryan Reynolds, like his best role, it's like a rom-com with, you know, a direct counterpart or even in like free guy, Jody Comer, like completely held her own in that as well. So it's like, they both need someone with them. They both need wingman or wingmen, and like a sidekick to, to kind of help them through and just really balance them out. And if we talked about it when we reviewed Red Notice, so I'm not going to go too deep into it, but you know, they are both so much themselves that there's no uh, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it's, it's just so intense. Like you need to kind of like filter it down a little bit and have that right. ground it a little bit and not make it so in your face and so meta. And I love them both and I want to see them work together, but like you need more around them. And it certainly is not bland ass Gal Gadot. Like she's the worst actress in Hollywood right now. (laughs) She's just really attractive. So she's going to keep getting roles, but she is terrible. Like, um, you know, for anyone listening, like if 
you're a big fan, I'm sorry, but like she is a terrible actress, like terrible, horrible. So, but the, these movies are what they are. We talked about it at the time when we reviewed them, so it's not like it really matters. They just want the name recognition, pretty much. Yep. So for my trends, uh, I'm going to talk about a couple other shows that are going on uh, today, uh, Thursday, January 13th. The Peacemaker series debuted on HBO Max. Uh, the first three episodes released, and then uh, from here on out through the rest of the season, it's going to be uh, you know one episode weekly on Thursdays. Uh, I watched um, all three this morning, and I, I got to say, like, I am very pleasantly surprised with it. Like, it is a pretty solid follow-up to suit is it suicide squad or the suicide squad i don't remember which one's which i think it's just suicide uh, squad yeah the suicide squad it is the suicide um, james Gunn suicide the, squad yeah the suicide squad yeah so it's the suicide squad yeah so it's a it's a good follow-up to the suicide squad i don't like that sounds dumb um a really good follow-up like it, it's directed produced by written by james gunn so obviously you have the thematic uh, pieces translating over to the show. It picks up right where the movie left off. Uh, so, you know, you definitely want to see the movie beforehand. And also it's a decent watch too, but uh, John Cena kills it. He's funny. You have good adversaries. Um, the, I guess, team leader is, uh, let me pull up his name. He's the the actor that James Gunn said was like his favorite he's ever worked with. And that's why he gave him the best role in Hollywood. So like I, I've been paying close attention to him uh, just okay, because yeah. I, I feel like because James Gunn's next project is going to be Guardians. So I feel like that and, you know, that news came out around the time that uh, Will Poulter was cast as Adam Warlock. So like I'm playing close, paying close attention to this guy. Um, God. Took Woody Awuji. Anyways, um, I paying close attention to him. He's like a very kind of uh like he, cool demeanor, similar to like Idris Elba, but Idris Elba comes off make your joke, but he comes off like a little bit more sexy and charming and like a debonair. Right. And this guy okay. is just more like laid back, like can be intense but like very suave and good at what he does like that's the okay. you know vibe he gives off so i feel like he'd be a great addition to the marvel universe i so feel like silver surfer i feel uh, yeah i i feel like it is silver surfer i feel like it has to be but uh you know back to the show like the shows you know the first three episodes were wildly entertaining um you know good humor good action uh i don't know where it's going yet like a little bit of a slow burn as far as like getting going but like it's entertaining and that's really what you're looking for you're just looking for something from dc to uh, you know have some hope in them that's actually one thing we hadn't mentioned or hadn't talked about you see all the news that's going on with this uh fucking flashpoint movie yeah that yeah so for anyone that that didn't hear uh flashpoint basically is for people are arguing against it but it is what it is flashpoint's erasing everything that the dceu zack snyder's dc universe created uh henry cavill out as or as superman ben affleck out as batman his last role will be in flashpoint um and the the new cast is just uh 
like you're going to have Supergirl. You're going to have like these kind of just this odd. Oh, Ray Fisher out as Cyborg. Um, you're just going to have this odd ensemble. Like DC doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. Um, but anyways, you know, with, with the Peacemaker show, DC does take a step in the right direction. So hopefully, you know, James Gunn kind of takes this even if you do like crossover shows like the CW did like that, something to just give us steady DC content because DC's heroes and villains are actually like really, really fucking cool. And, right. and everyone's talking about Marvel and rightfully so, but like DC has just as much, you know, cool shit, if not more. And we haven't seen yeah. any of it because they can't get their shit together. So it's like, now we we're getting excited about peacemaker. Who's like a fucking C level character but it's what we got so but it's pretty good i think john cena is perfect in these kind of like uh dry humor dark comedy roles especially when there's some action involved um and then the other show that's been uh coming out is boba fett i'm not a huge star wars guy but i've been watching it i think it's solid like i I think it's pretty good uh the second episode was really good this last episode episode three was all right but it's definitely setting up for what's coming up next but you know, st- the follow-up to Mandalorian, obviously Mandalorian was really good. Boba Fett, you know, the book of Boba Fett, I thought it was pretty good too. So that's your uh, TV show talk. Are you going to watch Peacemaker? Watch. Yeah, I was going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me. I was going to say, uh, I still have to check out Peacemaker and I'm still like out on the fence about, about even watching the show just because I wasn't, I wasn't even that into the character even in the movie. So I'm like, I'm not that excited, but hopefully the show can change my mind. Um, since I'm already hearing good things about it, it might change my mind. But yeah, that's just one. I don't know what it is about that character. I mean, because I like John Cena. I think John Cena is great. But I, I think I got to get used to this character and hopefully the show can warm me up a little bit better. Uh, and I still got to see Boba Fett, too, because that was one of my favorite super. I mean, uh, Star Wars characters. Yeah, it seems you know? like Boba Fett seems pretty self-contained, so I don't think you really need to see much else. Like there'll probably be little things here and there that would help if you like saw the movies, but I mean, I don't remember a right. ton of the little things in the movies at this point either. And yeah, Boba Fett's been a pretty easy watch at this point. But yeah, Peacemaker, it's like it is a different style, but it's kind of what I like just because yeah, you know, I'm all for doing something different, especially with superheroes. Um it is bright and colorful. I also want to point out that the, like the intro, the, you know, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the opening, uh, credit song. Uh, yeah. Robert, I guess the opening song. credits, right. Where they do the theme song and shit like that. So yeah. we call it opening credits. Yeah. The, the opening credits for peacemaker actually really fucking funny and like cool. <laughs> like, okay. it, it, so I, I've, I didn't skip it. Like I watched three episodes. I watched the opening credits the entire time. <laughs> like for each one, I was like, this is pretty fun. Like they're all just like dancing and doing like this choreograph. Like it's just so stupid. And so James Gunn, but it's funny. And it's just, I don't know. I definitely give it a shot is, is my point. Yeah. I, I, de- I definitely will give it a shot. Um, I wanted to talk about your point about, you know, DC not handling its, you know, characters or whatever. I do. I, I just wanted to say, I think it sucks that Marvel is able to, create this platform and and sort of put these obscure lesser known characters on the big screen and and dc is basically reusing the justice league as many times as it can (laughs) when there's so many other great characters out there and it's unfortunate especially if you've seen any of 
you know, the DC shows, even in the Justice League show, there are characters that you you would love to see on the big screen or you see the Batman series that had obscure villains and lesser known characters that you wish you would see on the in the movie theaters. But yeah, it, it sucks that DC still doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> That's a shame, though. But um, I got this trending news. It's not even about a movie. But it's about the person connected to Red Notice. And that's The Rock because I still have his energy <laughs> drinks. And he has two new flavors that I want to talk about because I want to try those two new flavors. <laughs> Tropical Punch and White Peach. As he would say, he, that's what he used to call his uh, white girlfriends in college. Jesus Christ. <laughs> white, white Peach. But uh, yeah, I, I still got also still have to give you some of the uh, a couple of these I cans I got. I haven't <laughs> tried it yet, but I, I got the original I'm pretty hyped. Yeah, I got the next time I see you, I got the original and I got uh, pina colada and then hopefully I might have tropical punch <laughs> and white peach in, in stock. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, though, because he he he's, he he marketed on his uh, uh, his Instagram. And then like the next day it was like number one bestseller on Amazon. And I'm like, God damn it. This man just can do it all. I love him. I love him. <laughs> he does whatever he wants. And he's like. He's always so ha ha about it. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't have an adjective other than that. But like, he's yeah. always so like, aha, and this and that. He's and so energetic. Yeah, this. yeah, you're right. <laughs> and oh, look, we have a 77% on Rotten Tomatoes, which isn't that high, but aha. Like, it's just, you know, The Rock can literally do whatever he wants, and I'm going to love him. Like, he, he, I cannot wait. He is the man. He's the man. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped to try it, even though it's going to taste like dog piss, but <laughs> I'll, I'll drink it because The Rock's the man that I, I, we stand in this household. I do stand. like. I like the original flavor. I, I'm okay on the pina colada because I'm a big pina colada fan in general. Me so too. like, I don't give a fuck. I'm like anywhere a pina colada, give me a fucking pina colada. I don't give a shit. Uh, which I'll which I'll say, but yeah, I think the original <laughs> might be a little better than the than the pina colada. But I'm excited to try the <laughs> tropical punch and, and white peach. Sip your zo. Let's go. That's what he. That's what he always says. Sip uh, your zo. <laughs> sip your zo. You corny still- ass motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I still have not tried uh, Terramana. Either I'm tequila oh, really? and I don't get along. Oh, that's right. You told me that. Yeah, and yeah. not that yeah. I don't like it. The problem is I do, but unless yeah. I don't, and then I don't like it. Like it's we have a very conflicting history, and you know, typically I go to other alcohols of choice if I if I am drinking. But I feel like I at this point I do need to, uh, you know, just keep a. a bottled terramana in the house just to keep that thing on me just yeah you, know, you do if i ever need to do some quick promotion i can you know just turn the label out in the background of my video and be like yeah, yeah you see this bad boy you know, some <laughs> terramana tequila he he's got a he's got another uh a, a newer version of his tequila that's out too it's a little bit more expensive a little high end i'm gonna have to gift that to you one day <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, fancy it's gonna yeah, sit on my shelf and just in the background <laughs> You like Terramana to be my rock shelf, which uh, I, I know I sent you the snap, but I logged on and, and played Fortnite for the first time in 83 weeks is apparently what it told me. But um, so like I was playing Fortnite yesterday and uh, they they have a character that is 
Dwayne the Rock Johnson's likeness, and they call him the Foundation. The Foundation. <laughs> And Wait till they get my character in there. I love that game. Like I am so back. <laughs> like I am going to play every day just until I get that skin. I <laughs> I saw his face. That is, the, I saw that. I was like, is that the fucking rock? <laughs> am I about to play Fortnite every night yeah. now because they have the fucking rock in their video game? I think so. I think I am. Can you not? Can you not buy the skin, or you gotta like go through missions and shit? I think it's like in the battle pass, so you have to like be a certain oh, level, okay. and you and you unlock it or oh, whatever. Yeah. Or it just has to be like in the shop that day or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I saw that and I was just dying. Foundation. <laughs> <sighs> that man does it all, and I love him. Just wait till he's in a Marvel movie. Can't wait. <laughs> all right, let's get to our movie review. Like I said off the top, we were using reviewing the king's man today this is uh the latest movie in the franchise from director matthew vaughn uh he did obviously the first two kingsmen he did kick ass he did x-men first class um he did bloodshot with vin diesel he did rocket or producer this what he also produced but done a a bunch of notable notable films is what i was trying to say starring ray fines uh gemma arterton God, these last names. Reese yeah. Efons, Harris Dickinson, Jimon Hansu, uh, a couple other recognizable names in there. 6.8 on IMDb, 44 on Metascore. We're not using Rotten Tomatoes. Fuck Rotten Tomatoes. But in the early years of the 20th century, the Kingsman Agency is formed to stand against a cable, cabal, plotting a war to wipe out millions. Cabal. Cabal. Uh, that's probably it <laughs> oh man um so what's today 13th we could just do non-spoiler i think that's fine or sorry spoiler like i don't okay. think we have to do non-spoiler it's been out for two and a half weeks now or something like that so we could just get it right into it um but i will start off like with just my initial thoughts um or you know after I had seen the movie, I, my first reaction was this movie had so much potential. Like there was so much cool shit they could have done with it. And I think a lot of it was cool. Like once it really got going, but there was some noticeable like swings and misses and just like unnecessary shit in there as well. And it's, you know, I, I see what Matthew Vaughn was trying to do because he even came out and said, like, this is not going to be like the first two. This is going to be more of a story and, and all that stuff. And that, that's cool. Like, a, you know, the, the first two Kingsman movies, we weren't watching for the story. Like we were watching for the action yeah. and the comedy. So if you're adding a story, that's fine. But like, don't lose that essence of what made the first two so, you know, enjoyable. And I feel like it I kind of did. Not that this one wasn't entirely enjoyable, but it kind of did. I literally felt like it felt like I I missed an opportunity almost. Like it felt like I missed out on something that could have been awesome. Because I, I do think this kind of concept of just a um action comedy, but using the comedy through the action. Right. Like rather than comedic relief through like dialogue, 
it's right. you know you almost get comedic relief through the action like i think it's so cool and there's a bunch of fucking great camera shots in this as well like matthew vaughn like you you can noticeably see his style on screen and that, i think that was really cool like once we really got into some of the fight scenes towards the end of the film mm-hmm. but yeah i just couldn't help but feel like man like this this could have been so fucking cool and i i feel a little bummed like i feel like uh, you know and obviously it's always expectation versus reality and that's what you know our rankings reflect is that expectation versus reality but i do feel a little bit bummed that you know we could have gotten something really cool here and it, it felt like it fell a little bit flat or maybe like i know my expectations were just too similar to the original ones i don't know but yeah. it, it it did feel a, a that little might come into play yeah a little flat um ray fines is great like I, I thought he was a perfect even at the time of the casting i thought he was a perfect fit into this franchise yeah. um the you know uh uh supporting cast i was trying to think of the word supporting cast all good like no real issues with them the the uh reese Efon's character um res resputin I, I believe is his name uh mm-hmm. not exactly how i thought they were going to write him <laughs> we'll, we'll talk <laughs> about that once we get into it that was like it, it that part was weird um but other than that, like it, it, it was a fine movie. The the action scenes, the like the memorable ones from the first two, like you kind of got that style towards the end. There's a sword fight where the camera gives you the angle. Of the camera is from like the, the base of the sword, and you're looking up the sword and seeing the reflection in the blade. Like that was fucking awesome. I don't know if you remember to that that scene. Yeah. That was fucking That's awesome. Um and you know the, the the banter, the dialogue, the twist you saw coming, or at least I assume everyone saw coming. So like that kind of fell a little bit flat too. I feel like that was supposed to be kind of a bigger reveal than it was. Um, but the action, like once oh, I finally got going, was good. Oh, and the last thing I'll, I'll say, you know, for my initial reaction, I did have a jaw drop, jaw drop moment in the middle of the film when. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, that there was a twist that i very much did not see coming and that really got the rest of the movie going and i again we'll talk about that Uh, but uh, that yeah that middle part of the the film like when they're at at war it was probably the best kind of 10 minute stretch of the movie or just like nonstop. like you got action you got the twist you got just good dialogue and scenes like and yeah. realistic yeah that 10 minute stretch when they're on the battlefield was excellent and then everything else was good not great but what do you think of the, of the movie yeah i i kind of almost feel the same as you and i get what you're saying and i think my thoughts after seeing the movie it like kind of reversed some of the thinking i was i initially had but uh yeah at times i did feel uh, a little disappointed or even a, a little bored unfortunately but i i especially also think early as, on early on yeah especially because like the first 20 30 minutes you're kind of like this doesn't even really feel like a king's a kingsman film and i think that's also a problem which i was kind of like when you were saying maybe it was your expectation that kind of altered your perspective of this movie and i think that's probably 
like the issue of why I was thinking or why I felt like this wasn't a Kingsman movie because because we're comparing it to two movies that were like tonally that are totally different than this one and I think we were just expecting because we love those movies so much and we loved how they're filmed and how they're stylized we were expecting so much of that into this one but and and I think that just raised our expectations a little too much but we should have like <laughs> lowered it because sometimes prequels I'm trying to think of a prequel or a couple prequels that are tonally different but are, but are still I guess for X-Men First Class I think that's enough that's one X-Men First Class definitely is not X-Men and X2 United or X-Men The Last Stand it, because especially because they're set in like uh, a different time period and First Class is set in an earlier time period so it kind of felt like that but there were still interesting moments in First Class that you could as a whole like you felt you still were entertained with as opposed to the Kingsman you're like oh, I don't I, I'm not really I'm not really connecting like I, I feel like I should but I do think the story is definitely better than the second one at least <laughs> uh I, I I liked Ray Fiennes's character arc you know you don't there's not really much character arc in the in the in the first two films um but yeah there's there's definitely some really great camera work in here and I wish she did the sword part the sword uh fight that you were mentioning where you see the camera from the sword's angle I wish there was more of that I was like oh damn it was just like two seconds but you wish you, you know you got a little bit more throughout the movie especially because there were sword fights multiple sword fights in the in the movie uh the Rasputin scene was was something else there was moment <laughs> there's a moment in there where I was like what the fuck is going on and why, why is this why do I feel so uncomfortable <laughs> why did they put this in there but um yeah uh it it definitely deviates from the original the first two and which I mean it should be expected you don't really want to have a movie especially if it's a prequel to do exactly the same thing so I am kind of glad that they gave a little bit more depth to the story um and I do like that that 10 minute stretch you talked about on the battlefield it felt like a, there were times where it felt like a war movie and it had like an anti-war message at the same time but that war that battlefield uh, moment it really really good really strong and that definitely my jaw like that was a moment like you said jaw dropping my jaw actually dropped and i'm sure yours did too <laughs> i covered i literally did the you know <laughs> like i was like holy yeah. shit i just I didn't like, see it coming right i was frozen i was like they really did this but yeah that's that's a i like the ambition that he has because i think even in yeah. the first two there were moments like that but this one just hit different obviously because it was the way the story was told you really weren't expecting it but they definitely there is similarities to the first two and especially in that moment we're talking about but this one just was really was really shocking um supporting cast was great i like jaman hansu uh uh Gemma, rafe i like this guy what's his, the the son i call him a british british on mendez uh harris dickerson yeah, yeah dickinson sorry <laughs> yeah he's good harris dickinson I don't even is he, I don't even know if he's really British or not. But in the movie, he's British, so I just called him British Sean Mendes. But uh, he was he was good. Um, yeah, I don't think it was a terrible movie. I do think uh, the warped perception that we had just based off the first two movies kind of got in the way, and I can understand that because it definitely got in the way for me. I was like, I'm a little bit bored. But the action action scenes were great. Uh, the storytelling was pretty solid. There were some history moments that I didn't even know. I was like, oh shit, like the right. three first cousins and shit, and that was nice. But yeah, not terrible, but you do wish that there was a little bit more that, that that was given. But, you know, maybe in the second one, I feel like they could step it up, especially with the with the ending. Yeah. Um, 
and that's the part I wanted to bring up next is like this, the strategy of like revisionist history, right? It, you know, just um, kind of aligning your story, right? Your movie with true events and then just kind of eventually tailing off into your own story. Cause obviously that's what people care about. We don't need a fucking history lesson. And right. there, there's been movies that, that have done that, um, you know, and glorious bastards is one. And you know, the, there's plenty throughout, and but I, I bring them up to, to show that it can be successful. Whereas with this, like it worked in parts, but it felt like it couldn't really decide what it wanted to do. Like, Mm -hmm. are they are, are, is this like a, uh, you know, a war thing or is this like the Kingsman and granted it can be one in the same sometimes, but we're interested in kind of like the secret service, right? The underground spy, whatever. And, you know, that's kind of the, the, the theme, the message that Ray finds his character is trying to tell his son. It's like, you can be involved heavily without being on you know the front lines and like that's obviously what the the son wants to do conrad i believe is his name he wants to be on the front lines because he feels like that's where he needs to be he even you know switches places with another soldier to do that because he feels like it's his you know his uh obligation to his country and, and all this stuff yeah so it's like you know th- there's two different ways to go about it but like for us the viewers like we wanted to get an origin story for the Kingsman like that. That's cool. But we didn't want it to get lost in the war effort. Granted, like, you know, the, I feel like I'm, well, I mean, of- I guess it was kind of like, it was the, the, the catalyst for it though. Cause he was like, shit, my son was doing all, he wanted to be a hero or whatnot. And now we're, they kind of branched out. Right. It, and that like, it's important to tell that aspect of it, but we got so much of the actual war too. war where yeah, it, it should have it almost it needed to be uh the i'm just gonna call them the kingsmen because that's what they yeah. ended up being obviously it needed to be the kingsmen versus like the shepherd and his alliance like it needed to be that like one yeah. another and I get what like you're saying. both of those got lost in the actual war efforts which i get like what they're trying to do and have that catalyst for it but to be honest, and we're in spoilers now. So if you haven't seen it, this is probably the biggest spoiler of the movie. Uh, like the catalyst for the Kingsman was his son dying. Like I, I understand yeah. that. And, you know, you needed to tell that story. But I felt like the movie could have just started with that almost where it's like, you know, you you have this. He's a Duke, right? He He's a Duke. So he has yeah. some status and he was uh, Medal of Honor purple heart whatever the fuck it is like recipient and his son wants to to join the war effort like you can always just allude to the war without being so involved in it and then you know boom birthday son becomes with age father can't stop him anymore so he goes and then obviously all the shit that happens can still happen and oh we're in spoilers now so uh but yeah like uh, you know him swapping places and then him ultimately dying because of that decision not necessarily even because of going but because of the decision to swap places and you know do so um you know uh like not shady but uh dishonestly or whatever like whatever you uh, wanted to say like how the means to which he got there that's the reason 
he died not because he he was there um like you can still have all of that and that can be the catalyst for the kingsman but it felt like the the first third of the movie was just like oh we're fighting here oh we're fighting there oh there's this there's that there was no like continuity oh there's a, a power strife in um england and uh you know the three cousins and oh now the president's getting a fucking lap dance and like yeah oh granted the president getting lap dance that part was kind of funny like yeah. so i didn't mind that <laughs> like that, that was a, a fine addition to to history or revisionist history or whatever but it just felt like it took so long to set things up that weren't ultimately that necessary like the just the the back and forth with um ray fine's character trying to prevent his son his son from joining we didn't need all of that like mm-hmm. we got it like you know his dad doesn't want him to join like yeah, but it felt like that true. went on for so long that we kind of lost a lot of the you know the good stuff later on yeah. but once it finally did get going god that fucking that battle scene holy shit dude holy Especially shit at night dude the, the them fucking all agreeing to put their guns down yeah and then That's, just yeah. this like kind of unspoken agreement to just go full knife fight that was yeah. fucking awesome and you like the tension was palpable and then yeah. the the captain or commander literally realizing what was about to happen taking the shot and then just getting fucking blown yeah. to fucking Helped hell it. afterwards <laughs> like holy shit and then obviously yeah. you know he somehow escapes and everyone's probably thinking there's no fucking way he's making out of there alive like he's <laughs> at least taking like fragments or, or yeah. you know a shot to the leg or something like <laughs> there's no fucking way he's getting out of there and then all of a sudden you know he gets questioned oh really you're from scottish right you're you're scottish no and then yeah. bang bullet to the head like Sheesh. holy fucking shit that, that was like that 10 was... minutes of solid filmmaking right there <laughs> <laughs> so much story like there was so much story in depth in those 10 minutes yeah but it, and that's not to say like Matthew Vaughn did a shit job or anything, but it's just like, right, right. Had we gotten more of that following a character through battle, as opposed to just seeing shit like it was just, I don't know. Then it would have turned into like Kingsman 1917. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind that's, of. Because that's what that part felt like, 1917. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, th- that scene was fucking awesome. Also the um Gemma's character i can't remember yeah. her name uh polly 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 yeah, yeah. D- we never got so uh ray finds the character says he's that she's part of the family and presumably she's related to his late wife but we never got an explanation because then she kisses him later on. I'm like, all right, if she's family, why the fuck is she like kiss? Like we never got. Hey, I didn't even I didn't even catch the con- family connection part. I, I, I probably was. It was when I, <laughs> uh, Ray finds he reveals to his son that the they have an underground organization and they go down to the basement or whatever. And he okay. was like, oh yeah, they'd normally be a servant unless they're family, of course. Like so it's meant to uh, you're meant yeah, to believe that she's part of the family but if she is like why the fuck is she you know and i don't know like I, yeah we, we never I got probably just took that as like a family friend <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
but yeah because you see that from early on she's supposed to like bow or curtsy and, and then she doesn't so he calls her into a study and uh, like scolds her but they there's clearly like a deeper relationship but we never got yeah, that you we can never, feel the tension yeah <laughs> we, we we never got the you know the story behind that why she's there like if she's able to do all this stuff then why is she just a uh house made ner- I, yeah. I don't know what's well, the 1900s nobody cares about women back then so she didn't need a story <laughs> yeah <laughs> um the, oh, so the scene with Reese Ephon's character with uh, Rasputin. Um, not what I expected. <laughs> no, <laughs> it was a couple of things. Uh, <laughs> it was odd. Granted, like, not that Kingsman can't be odd, but like, it was just very yeah. weird where they chose to be different tonally, like you said, and where they chose to have that similarity <laughs> to the, the first two. Because like yeah. to this point, to this to them reading meeting Rasputin, it wasn't similar. It was very different. So you're like, okay. And then the yeah. first thing that's really similar was him fucking licking yeah, Ra- <laughs> Ray Fine's leg and him like vomiting all over the floor randomly. Like and, and it was it, that was very Kingsman, but it was very uncomfortable. <laughs> right. It was very Kingsman. But like <laughs> we did not see that coming, and it yeah, it's extremely uncomfortable. Like it was yeah. just, it was like a good fight scene. <laughs> like it was a good fight Great scene fight that scene. followed. Yeah. But like yeah. the lead up, the lead into that, we, like the you're just up. going into the fight scene the, uneasy. The foreplay, like, the fuck, just yes, the foreplay to the fight the scene. Like, what the fuck just happened? Oh God. Oh, yeah, we don't even need to talk about. It. We should let the the viewers be surprised at that one. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. If you're just listening to this, listening to this, if you don't care, it's spoiled. Go watch the movie, and you'll know the scene we're talking about. It's just, it's a bizarre, bizarre, uh, whatever. Um, and then really, it's just the, the the final fight scene, like on top of the of the uh, mountain or whatever. I thought all that was pretty good. Again, the the twist you saw coming from a mile away. At least I did. Did you? Yeah. I mean, I felt I, I was waiting for this guy. I mean, they were they kept telegraphing it for so long, but I didn't. I I wasn't really connecting the fact that that was the he was the main guy, but I knew that this motherfucker was dirty, or he was corrupt, or he was inside. He was the mole because he said there's oh he has a mole on the inside, and I was like okay, well, obviously that's the mole, but I didn't know the mole was actually the fucking leader of the whole thing. <laughs> So not surprising, yeah. but just like okay, I got you. That that does that it still fell a little flat since you were waiting for that guy to be revealed eventually. Yeah, I, I picked up on it um, like early on, like when they're in that secret room or that private mm-hmm. room in the tailor. And yeah, like he says something. Oh, we shouldn't talk about this here. Like, like all right, whatever. Um, yeah. And then I honestly just forgot, like, not that I didn't, but he wasn't on screen for <laughs> yeah. so long that I kind of just like naturally forgot because other shit was going on. And the movie was really starting to pick up. But I was exactly. like, oh, yeah, of course it's him. Like, yeah, that's that's how I felt. I was like, oh, yeah, duh. <laughs> right. So but I, I thought, you know, it, he was pretty convincing. Like he had a, a strong Scottish accent. He, I don't know if he that was accent Scottish, was, yeah, but it, <laughs> it was serious. strong and menacing. And, and like he had the gun and his sword. So it was, he was he played dirty, too. And um yep yeah i I thought it was i thought it was all well done 
like Ray Fiennes, great as kind of the action role as well. Jaime Hansu, of course, um, you know, he, he was great in that. Uh, Gemma Archerton being the, you know, sharpshooter. I thought that was yeah. very fitting too. Like it all, it all worked very well. And of course you got your, your Kingsman trope with the goats, like pushing everyone off the cliff and whatnot. But I feel like that's actually what goats do. Yeah. So, so I guess it worked. Um, does cashmere actually come from goats? I never knew that. I think so. It comes from some kind of wool. I would think at first I thought it was sheep, but I mean, I guess it could come from goats. Never knew that. Huh. Um, yeah, we just learn, learn a lot of shit from there. Yeah. Oh, and then I thought the the reason they uh, they named like their code names like Arthur and oh, Merlin, yeah. and I thought that part was pretty cool too. Like you know, he I, was I thought that was yeah, I thought that was great honoring his son. Um, other than that, though, like it's a pretty kind of straightforward movie. Like there's parts that didn't work for me. It's very choppy and kind of unnecessary at the beginning, and then mm-hmm. you know halfway through, once you get to like the war and uh, Conrad joins the army. Like it, it really picks up and finishes strong, which is really what I care about. Uh, we didn't yeah. give our scores, but before we do that, since we're already this far in, did you have any other like final thoughts or stuff we didn't hit on about the movie? Yeah, no, it's like it, it's crazy. Just like all the major parts, there's not a there's not a lot of like majorly great parts in that film, but it did end yeah. strongly, and I, we we touched on them already but that's just it sucks because it's so few of it so few of them those moments but yeah i think there's really nothing else i could really point out since we so few of the great moments yeah i mean except for the uh i mean are oh. we gonna, the the post the mid yes scene. yes i literally just thought about that <laughs> um so like in our group chat you know everyone had asked me like what i thought of it and one of my responses uh it's one of the most uh ambitious <laughs> post-credit scenes i've seen and the reason for that you got to have some balls to introduce adolf hitler in a post-credit scene <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. that like he's fucking was, nick fury <laughs> yeah that was quite the choice um and to be honest i you know it's world war ii clearly so i was kind of expecting him throughout so I was like, where right. is he? And they allude to it. it. Like whoever takes over, he was like, oh, I'm going to need like the left hand is strong. I need someone on the right or whatever. Like, so they were alluding to it early on, but I didn't really pay attention to it at the time. And then they're like, oh yeah, this will be your right hand man or whatever. Like health health. Yep. And I'm like, oh God, like that. They really did that. <laughs> like it just felt so on the nose to me. I, yeah, I, I guess like it's been done before, right? Like I talked about Inglorious yeah. Bastards, so it's not unheard. And I mean, Jojo Rabbit, like it's not unheard of, but it, it is quite the choice to to introduce Hitler in a post credit scene. I, I, I don't know. Like, clearly, there are going to be sequels spinning off or from this, right? They're going to finish yeah. the Eggsy trilogy, um, but they're going to continue off this. Uh, prequel as well and make a, a prequel trilogy um so i assume we're gonna get more hitler in the future but what did you think of the post credit scene yeah i was not expecting i was i couldn't even i wasn't even really thinking about what the, what direction they could go in but the fact that they brought in hitler's 
it's it makes the most sense especially considering what the Kingsman has turned into or what the Kingsman is. It makes sense to have such uh, another absurd type of uh, figure involved. But I mean, yeah, like you said, Inglourious Bastards, Jojo Rabbit's done it. Other other films or shows have done it. So, um, but I mean, I'm excited. I'd like to see Adolf Hitler fight the Kingsman. And I would like yeah. to know what his, what his skills would be <laughs> if he has any. Yeah, I mean, if you get a... You know, Adolf Hitler versus Ray Fiennes, you know, one-on-one action sequence. Like, the, the way, the, the best thing about the Kingsman is the action sequences. Like, just right, the exactly. way they're filmed. And I can't describe them. Like, John Wick's action sequences are very, you know, cool, too, because they're very realistic. And they show you the entirety of the fight. They don't cut away right at the, you know, time you're yeah. wondering how they did that. Like, they show you the whole thing. And that's that's the, you know, the appeal to the John Wick action style whereas this it's i guess it's just like the camera work and it's like kind of it's kind uh, of cartoony yeah yeah it's kind of cartoony and uh what's the uh fuck it's trying to pull up a, a literary word is it automatopoeia where it's just like boom right is that it yeah. the, the was the the bank it's like yeah what bang is the sound i mean bang is the word of the sound and right but yeah. but that's like <laughs> i didn't really sell it well there but that that's kind of how i view the actions it's just like so in your face and just like right uh extravagant and and like everything it, is like emphasized spectacle. i think yes yes i was yes that's what i was trying to <laughs> that's the that's actually the word i was looking for not okay cool <laughs> okay great uh, but yeah it's just so emphasized and just like wacky and but also like serious and you know yeah there there's gory like the church scene in the first one with um colin firth and fighting all the crazed racists it's like that's one of the best scenes in like any movie <laughs> that's yeah, an insane insane uh sequence so it's like that style and you can, that's why i brought up the sword scene it's like the sword scene was really the first fight where i felt like that style came back like even the one with rasputin when they're fighting i didn't see a ton of that style it was more just like action and then they played that one christmas song that i can never rem- remember the name of like the nutcracker theme i think it is um and so it's like all right there's sort of that juxtaposition there between fight and uh the song but like it's not really the kingsman style and then finally came in through later but we didn't get it for a majority of the movie and that's unfortunate because that's what i really wanted but Oh, I guess we have to give our scores. I was trying to think if I had oh, any shit, final yeah. yeah, any final <laughs> yeah, thoughts. <that's> right. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll let you go first. I'll be a gentleman. Okay. Man, manners maketh man. Um, <laughs> Oxford's not robes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this one was kind of, I don't, I don't know, I'm still a little iffy on my score. I mean, um, I think I'll give it, I think I'll give it a 72. Yeah, 72. Interesting. Uh, what? So I might in, give it a 70. I don't know. <laughs> if you rank the three, I'll just say 71. Um, if you rank the three, is this better or worse or in the middle of the first two for you? Yeah, see, I think the storytelling is 
I think most, at least most of the storytelling is pretty solid in this one, but I really enjoyed, you know, the wackiness and the eccentricity and the action of the first two so much. It's like, but I also know that the second one isn't even that, it's not as great as the first one either, but I mean, I'd probably rank this third. Yeah, that's where I'm at too. I'm a little bit lower than you. I'm probably giving it like a 66 uh okay. like it, it's it's good but i yeah. like i'm not left with as much like oh that was really cool as i was with either the first two yeah exactly and that's what it came down to because obviously the first two weren't cinematic masterpieces but they were yeah. like highly entertaining and had pretty good performance like samuel jackson doing that stupid ass lisp thing he did like that (laughs) that was entertaining and uh, obviously the the action and the the manners maketh man fight and the chick with uh knives for legs and uh oh you can do me in the bum like at the end of the first one (laughs) all of that was entertaining and then you still got plenty of that in the second one the second one definitely not as good but you still got the good fight scenes and and you got fucking elton john (laughs) and like yeah yeah, and and country roads like it was you know the the wacky shit that i was talking about you, you still got that and this one definitely not as wacky which is fine it doesn't have to be but it felt like it didn't necessarily establish what it was trying to do until much, much later in the film. And subsequently we're left with not as much to, uh, you know, like sit on and t- to take away from it yeah. because it just took so long to get going. Like definitely some cool scenes, but not, not as good. So 66 for me. And then what did you decide on? 70, 71, uh, I'm, I'm going to give it a 70. I'm going to give it a 70. You like flat numbers, don't you? I do. I have to give it a 70. Yeah. I you go give it, 70. Yeah. <laughs> and whenever you give a stream recommendation, it's a 90. And if you if you're aunt about a movie, you get a 65. Like, I've given movies I've given movies 69 before. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny. Like you're I was like, oh 72. He finally like broke his mold. And he you know, no, I gotta give it a 70. I'm like, you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, because like, it's border, it's closer, to, it's closer to the 60 which close to the 60 side than it is the high mid 70s so i want to put it in the middle that, that's still the case if it's 72 it's two away from yeah, 70 but, but it's but three 70, 75 it's, no but it's too it's too far away from the 60s for me <laughs> <laughs> 72 is too far away from the 60s your rationale is fascinating <laughs> <laughs> i need it closer to 69 than i need it closer to 73 <laughs> all right all right 70 from fox six uh that, you motherfuckers so it's 70 from fox 66 for me which is a 68 composite score which is the same score as imdb so we did it once again <laughs> folks okay so Jeez. Uh, eventually we're just going to run ourselves out of a job because people can just look at imdb and that's going to be our <laughs> our composite <laughs> opinion on the film <laughs> oh man but next week scream i'm very pumped to do a rewatch of all of the, i'm you know even my wife wants to get on it she's like don't watch them without me oh, nice. so we're we're gonna have a, a full ass marathon we're gonna go see the new one together i'm pretty pumped about it so uh i i know there was a stretch there in the fall where we kind of did horror like a, you know bang 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 but it's been a little bit since we've done horror so i'm pretty excited to see you know uh to see this and really dive into the new installment because obviously it's one of the most iconic franchises not just horror franchise but the one of the most iconic franchises in all of film 
you know, with Ghostface and and whatnot. So yeah. uh, I'm pretty pumped about it. So that will be next week's review. So you gotta strap on your horror boots and uh, gear up for that review next week. But to uh, move on with this show, we're gonna talk about, like I said before, our most anticipated movies of 2022. Got a full full ledger. Uh, in terms of uh, films that are coming out this year. Uh, just really quickly, I'm going to give you my 10. We're doing top five, but I have so many because I- I'm cheating and I'm just excited about a bunch of films. So I'm going to give you five, my- but I also got time limit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quickly, my my ten, six through 10, or starting with number 10, uh, the massive talent. It's like, what's the Nick Cage? It's some long name unbearable massive weight of massive yeah, talent, unbearable like weight of massive talent the nick cage film where he <laughs> plays himself uh i just watched adaptation i don't know if anyone's seen it. it's a movie from the 90s uh and it's nick cage starring in it fucking Never wild movie it. highly recommend it i i rented it because i had the digital credit from amazon so it was free oh, for okay. me but i had you did have to rent it fucking wild movie meryl streep's in it um Wild movie, highly recommend. So if it's ever just streaming, it's gonna be my streaming recommendation. Number nine, Lightyear. I'm excited to see Chris Evans in that role and see what Pixar's twist on an iconic character is gonna be. Eight, Creed three. Feels like we haven't seen Creed in a while. I thought the first two were great and you know held up the iconic role of Rocky in, in that aura well. And plus, I really like what Ryan Coogler does. Uh, even though Michael B. Jordan stinks as an actor, Ryan, Ryan Coogler makes up for it. Uh, I just realized I didn't put a number seven. Uh, so, oh, no, here it is. Oh, number seven for me, The Black Phone, another horror film. That's coming out next month. Pretty excited about that. Number six for me, The Northman, which I talked about last episode. So that's my six or ten. So, Fox, we'll kick off with your number five. Yeah. What's your number five most anticipated movie? Number five is actually one we haven't heard too much about, but it's Bullet Train, which is directed by David Leach, who did uh, directed Deadpool 2, if not the first one. But yeah, he directed Deadpool. That's because that's one's got it's going to be a Netflix. I think it's going to be Netflix. I'm not sure, but it's got a whole bunch of uh, actors in it from Sandra Bullock, Brad Pitt, Joey King, um, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Brian Tyree Henry, Zazie Beetz. So it's like, it's like a whole it's a really it's like about five assassins or something. And they're on this bullet train. And so. That aspect has, has me interested. Bullet Train to Busan. <laughs> We're going to combine some films here. Uh, Bad Bunny's also in it, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm sold. Now I'm in. But yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> if I didn't get you at Central Bullock, Bad Bunny got you. <laughs> um, I, I still can't do spray bottle sound effect. Sorry. Um, <laughs> number five for me is Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I... Oh, yeah. it, I just had such a good time seeing the first one. I'm just like, I kind of feel like a little kid again going to see it. And uh, I'm just excited to, to see more characters. So like you get fucking knuckles, you get tails, you might get a, a third character, maybe shadow or something. I, I'm, I'm pretty pumped for it. So no, nothing fancy, but I, I feel like it's just going to be a solid watching something I can throw on in the future and not feel like I'm wasting time watching it. And I love films like that. So Sonic is number five for me. Yeah, I love I love Sonic. I'm I'm definitely excited for that one. Um, number four is Nope. I don't know if anybody remembers the the news on Nope, but that's the uh, Jordan Peele film that's coming yep. out. Oh, what was it come July? I think yeah. 
July. So yeah, we don't know anything about it, but I was going to say, we haven't heard anything. I forgot about it (laughs) until you just said it. Yeah. I was like, we haven't heard shit except for a poster and the, you know, the, the two leads, Daniel Kaluuya and um, Kiki Palmer. So I'm just excited. If it's, if it's another horror thriller film, then that's all I really need to hear. Cause I mean, for me, he's two for two, but I know some people will be like, Oh, he's one for two, but yeah, it's whatever. I'm excited. Us was weird. Like us was weird. Not bad. Not bad. It was just weird. So it's like, I can see why it was part like get out pretty straightforward. Like there were messages in there, but it was pretty straightforward. Very, very good. Again, this sounds like I'm kind of shitting on it. I'm not. It was just like straightforward hidden messages with get out. And then us was like, there were hidden messages there, but it was, it was just odd. Like I'm not even sure I fully understood it, but who knows? I'm just some dumb idiot. Uh, number four for me. I mean, you ha- you have to know I'm going to round out my list with superhero films. It's not going to be all that exciting, but there are <laughs> great superhero films coming out. Number four for me is Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. Uh, I, you know, f- I feel like the bet, and I'm not even the first one to come up with this idea. Now that we have these different Spider-Man d- dimensions, I would love if at the end of this one or maybe at the end of part two because obviously part one implies there's going to be a part two miles morales they just like goes from his cartoon dimension to tom holland's dimension and then you have that backstory for miles morales already there canon and you know they can just pick up from there but anyways spider-verse or into the spider-verse is obviously 100 out of 100 for me I mentioned that, so obviously I'm naturally going to be excited for the second one. It's lower on my list because it's going to be hard to top the first one, but I'm still very excited, and I think there's a lot of creative things they can do. Spider-Man 2099 is, I don't know if he's the main villain, but he's definitely going to be a part of this. So that's a Spider-Man we haven't seen on screen in any capacity before. So I'm pretty excited to see them get wacky and creative with Spider-Verse. It's really the only thing Sony's done right. So that's number four for me. That's true. Yeah, that's more of uh, across the Spider-Verse for me is like more of an honorable mention, but I'm still very excited to see that one. Yeah. Um, number three, though, I got I got I got your boy, got your homie. No, Mr. 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 Tom Cruise himself. <laughs> Fa- your favorite actor in the whole wide world. Which movie? Um, Mission Impossible 7. OK, I'm excited. I thought you were going to pick uh, Top Gun there for a second. No, I was like, who's excited I have not about seen Top Gun. Not, I have not seen Top I haven't seen the first one. I don't I don't need to see the first one, but I might just <laughs> since I since I have to see the second one. I mean, I want to see Tom Cruise fly jets. But anyway, Mission Impossible 7. This guy is like doing all his fucking stunts again, hanging from now. He's hanging outside of an airplane upside down. He was already hanging off a jet. Now he's on top of, you know, the, the, the old school. Uh, what's it called? Amelia Earhart planes and shit, whatever it was. <laughs> so I'm excited to see what other stupid, sh- crazy shit he's, he's doing next. And that's number three for me overrated actor uh, <laughs> number three for me is dr strange multiverse madness i've talked about my hype plenty on the show uh so i'm not going to go too in too much into it but with all the cameo news fox you alluded to it earlier uh this movie is going to get wild and kind of um you know cross dimensions and not even within the own movie but like uh with our dimensions too because there's rumors rumors about x-men and uh, other characters like we've heard about possibility for Ghost Rider. So is it going to be a new Ghost Rider or Ghost Rider uh, that we've seen before? Is it going to be fucking Nick Cage? Who knows? Like, so 
Multiverse of Madness will be just that. It will be wild and mad with what they do. Um, and I'm pretty excited about it. So that's coming out in uh, in May, just wrapped reshoot. So we'll definitely get in May. Yeah, number two, exact same movie as you. So I don't have much to say. <laughs> Doctor well, Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, I'm very excited for that. Uh, number two for me is The Batman. Um, I'm very excited to see what Matt Reeves' take on it is. I'm, I have a good feeling about it just because of the direction they chose to go for this. They chose to go year, is it year two Batman? So literally when he's yeah. just starting out as Batman, which if you think about like through the um, like entirety of superhero films that we haven't gotten a ton of it like typically you get your origin story right your iron man even your toby Maguire spider-man you get the origin story but by the second film they're very much established as who they are yeah so you never get like the awkward kind of teenage years as a superhero where yeah, it's like you you make mistakes and or maybe you let your anger control you or so matt reeves doing that is already a good sign to me because it's something that really hasn't been done before it's like it's just a new take on a superhero and you still get you know tricklings of the origin story but enough of the established hero to make a compelling story and uh you know they're leaning into that detective noir type feel obviously with the riddler it kind of has to be that so i'm very very excited for this it would be my number one if my number one wasn't something I had been looking forward to for years. So uh, number two for me is the Batman. All right. And then number one for me would be the Batman. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, we talked about this every time we talk about a trailer. I, it, it, I'm really excited to see where this goes. I think it's going to be, and hopefully it looks like one of the best Batman films ever might be top might be top two, might be top one for me. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, we'll we'll see. I'm excited. It comes around uh, same week as my birthday, so that'll be a little birthday gift to myself. I'm gonna go ahead and treat myself. Yeah, see that, the Batman. some Terramon tequila. We're gonna some party tequila, all night. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, number one, the Batman. Yeah, number one for me is Thor: Love and Thunder. Uh, talked about it again on the show. Like Christian Bale as a villain, I'm already hyped for, uh, and the latest reports from that film and the direction they're going to go. Like uh, I'm pretty excited because the one problem and Marvel hasn't had many, but one problem they have had that's been recurring aside from the villain problem is they kind of nerf their characters. And to an extent they have to do that because they can't just have like that, that sort of, uh, loophole where they can literally just be like oh this person's powerful then everyone boom dead problem fixed like they can't really do that they have to make that that struggle for their heroes because obviously that's the compelling story but in this one it sounds like they're gonna give thor another power up to where he's kind of supposed to be and uh you know they're gonna maybe not get a little bit more dark but christian bale's the villain his character's name is gore the god butcher very clearly going around killing gods and Thor's obviously a god so like he might need that power all of that just to say like you know Taika's still directing he did a good job with Ragnarok obviously and there might be some similar Ragnarok themes to Thor Love and Thunder that you know lend itself to be another compelling installment of the Thor franchise Natalie Portman back uh 
um, and uh, maybe some surprise cameos in there as well. Marvel getting big in the cameo game, and normally I wouldn't like it because it is more fan servicey than right. you know I care to to have. But it you know if it's done well, it actually can be quite exciting. I mean, we we saw that with Spider Man No Way Home. So yeah. That's my number one. Thor, Love and Thunder to the Batman, Multiverse Madness, Across the Spider-Verse Part 1, and Sonic 2, running out my top five. What was your top five again? It was... Well, I'm starting from the top of the... Whatever. You... Yeah. All right, so number one, Batman. Number two, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Number three, Mission Impossible 7. Four, Nope. And number five, Bullet Train. That's our top five. Uh, feel free to tweet us your top five most anticipated films on Twitter at Major Motion Cast and follow us both on Twitter at Fox Film Fanatic and Nationals Ace. We're going to end this show the way we end all of our shows with our streaming recommendations. Fox, what do you got for us this week? I got The Mask of Zorro because after seeing those sword fightings, sword fights in the Kingsman, I was like, you know what? I got to recommend a movie with some sword fights. So, so. The Mask of Zorro starring Antonio Banderas and Anthony Hopkins and uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones uh, on Netflix. Um, if it came out in 1998, 1998, yeah, something like that. But yeah, it's just I feel like it's one of those classic films where it's the classic action. I miss those films where it just where you could, where, you know, you could see the stunt work and it felt more authentic and it felt you know there's just a feeling about those movies in the 90s late 90s early 2000s that's just it's different and feels more grounded and and more entertaining than some of the films that come out in the 2010s or so but yeah also if y'all didn't know uh, uh in zorro in spanish that means that means fox so the mask of fox so you can call me <laughs> the, the mask, mask. i'm not saying i'm not saying i'm zorro or anything but hey <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna start calling you Zorro. It's gonna be, be our thing, whether you like it or not. You should have told me that. Oh, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I saw it like when I was a kid, and I haven't seen I, it. Since. Yeah, I had to rewatch it. I rewatched it a couple weeks ago, and I was like, oh, it was kind of. I liked it. The, the second one's on Netflix too, but I don't think. Uh, the, yeah, I heard. If I remember correctly, the second one isn't as great, which is unfortunate because it could have gone a whole. Could have gone. It really could have gone a great route, but also they're remaking <laughs> Zorro or rebooting it and they're making it a female led version which is not that I'm you know uh, what's it called sexist or anything right but... <laughs> it's a it's a decision Come on. <laughs> well it's yeah. it goes back to what Daniel Craig said it's like when someone asked him if uh, he thinks the next Bond should be female he's like well how about we just write better roles for females and that's not yeah. a shot at you know Bond being girl that's just saying you know give women their due like stop writing yeah. all these iconic roles for men and start writing them for women and then you know you won't be up in arms if a woman is cast as 007 or whatever so like he yeah. makes a good point but at the same time it's like think of the time it takes to make those characters iconic those, yeah mm -hmm. right so it's like you already have them established like we're just gonna make them female now which i mean i would be fine with too i'm not fine either way but it's just it, it is kind of like an adjustment if, you know, you would see a female Zorro <laughs> or, you know, yeah. a female Bond. Not that it can't be. A, it's, it's an adjustment, though, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. My oh, score, though. Yeah. For uh, it's a, it's a solid, enjoyable film. Nothing too spectacular. But I mean, if you love Antonio Banderas and 
sword fightings and you like the classic feel feel of those the movies at that time i give this one a 78 70 solid film just a you know solid yeah. watch won't waste your time um my streaming recommendation of the week it was gonna be looper because i just rewatched looper oh, i was like huh yeah. looper looper's a solid film and i always forget about it um but that's on netflix so you know just a little freebie there for you uh but the one i did want to give uh you know, similar themes to what we talked about on the show with, you know, the British government and Natalie Portman just talked about with going to be in love and Thor, love and thunder. I'm going to recommend uh V for vendetta. Ooh, uh, just, uh, I haven't, I think it's been a few years since I saw it, but I, I remember like, so I watched it in college and it was the first time seeing it. And I was like, fuck that. Now that is a good film. Like I literally pointed to the video, I was like, all right, that's good cinema. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that, that is, um, it, it's just like you get action and you get, um, you know, the, the story, right? Like it's, it's not overly action, but it's more story, right. which I feel like is almost what the Kingsman was going for, but they wanted to increase the action and then they kind of lost themselves along the way. This one, it's like the story is the main point, like the objective and whatnot. Um, in a world where, in which a great Brit, in which Great Britain has become a fascist state, a massive vigilante, only known as V, conducts a guerrilla warfare against oppressive British government. When V rescues a young woman from the secret police, he finds her in an ally, um, in her an ally with whom he can continue his fight to free the people of Britain. Starring Natalie Portman, Hugo Weaving, a couple other notable names in there. This is on HBO Max. I will give it an 87 out of 100. Like it is, it's just a solid movie. And I'm probably going to go watch it now because I haven't seen it in a while. So I'm going to take my own advice as you guys (laughs) should as well. Go watch Zorro on Netflix. Go watch V for Vendetta on HBO Max and go watch Scream in theaters this weekend. Fox, you got anything else for the listeners before we head out? Yeah, I just want to let y'all know if y'all if y'all decide to fly on airlines, you know, take the plane. Make sure you don't take the ice that they offer you because that's some raggedy ass ice. So say no. <laughs> it was there a news story that came about the ice? No, I'm just saying after you know, just I, not I, I just flew on a plane. I was just like, yeah, don't. I always. Ever since I've flown on a plane, I just don't take the ice because I know the ice is sketchy. <laughs> the and tap plus, water like, is sketchy. The, they always skimp like on, on the drinks too. Like you get free beverages, but then they like pack that shit with ice and then you get like one sip of whatever beverage you choose. So yeah, normally I'll, I'll be like, oh yeah, can I just get it in a can? Ice hurts my teeth or I'll say some yeah, shit can. like that. Take the can yeah. option. <laughs> take the can. And plus you, you get more and more bang for your buck in that way. A little life hack exactly. there for you. Yeah, there you go. Look, what advice? Yeah, <laughs> and wash your ass. Yeah, wash your ass. <laughs> wash your ass. Ooh, titties. Um, all right. You know we're gonna need to make a sound. Cl- we're gonna need to like advertise our show in sound clips and sound bites, and we gotta make that <laughs> just use those tidbits, right? Done. Done. Ooh, titties. Oh god. All right, that does it for today's episode. We appreciate you guys listening again. Go see Scream in theaters this weekend. Um, and I, was, I had some, oh, and we got screeners. That's the other thing I'm going to say. We got screeners. So we're <laughs> legit now. So you got to listen to what we say. Cause we're a legitimate movie podcast. Not because we got screeners. So 
respect my authority. All right, that does it for this episode. This has been a major motion podcast. See you.